0: Welcome to the Wellbeing and Career World podcast. I'm delighted to be chatting with pragmatic and client-centered advanced master NLP coach and MindBridge training certified LMP trainer. Combining her advanced master NLP certifications, professional coach accreditations, ICF and ANLP, and her years of experience in education, Linda assists corporate clients to overcome the challenges and complexities with regards to people development, talent management and organizational success. Her coaching experience includes a broad base of clients from leading global organizations to entrepreneurial startups. Committed to the goals of her clients, Linda is vivacious, energetic and motivating coach, author, trainer and keynote speaker. Originally from Ireland, Linda worked internationally in education for 14 years before establishing her own coaching business. Her work as a future leaders coach led to her to write her first coaching book for teenagers and young adults, Press Play, in 2017. Her work as a personal and corporate coach influenced her decision to write her next coaching book, Just Three Takes. Today, we'll be chatting about attitude and gratitude. A very well welcome to the podcast to Linda Bonner. How are you this morning, Linda?
1: Hi, David. I'm really good, thank you. I'm a little bit cold because I'm in Brooklyn, in New York. So, oh, you've got, you've yep. got
0: there already. I was going to ask you where yeah. you are right now. So you're in Brooklyn, New York. So tell me a little bit more. How cold is
1: it? It's uh, so it's mild today. We're at minus one today, but it was minus 11 yesterday. <laughs>
0: oh, right. OK, that's 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 Fahrenheit or Celsius?
1: Celsius. I don't do Fahrenheit, David. So when, oh. when, when people in New York are talking, about, oh, yeah, it's in the 20s or it's in the 30s. I'm like, this is definitely not the 20s or 30s at all. <laughs> all right. okay.
0: So so tell me how is obviously with your accent as an Irish, you're an Irish lady. I'm an Irish guy. Yeah. So how did an Irish lady end up in Brooklyn, New York?
1: That's a good question. It's almost like from Banlasloe to Brooklyn. Oh, wow.
0: (laughs) Very exotic.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Very. I left, so I left Ireland back in 2004. David, I qualified as a teacher at UCD, and as a history teacher, I just really struggled to get a full time permanent job. And they were looking for teachers abroad. And I thought I'd go to Saudi. And I said to my dad, I'm going to go to Saudi. My dad was like, you're not going to. Saudi." He was
0: delighted about
1: that. (laughs) (laughs) And I ended up going to Qatar and teaching there near Saudi for five years. Then I moved to Dubai and did another five years of teaching. Absolutely loved my job. Still see, you know, so much value in education. But I had also discovered coaching along the way as well. And it was such a powerful experience for me. I loved it. I started doing more coaching courses. So I left teaching full time, stayed in Dubai for another five years with my own life coaching business. And then two and a half years ago, we had the opportunity to move to New York. And we've always wanted to live here as well. Me being uh, myself and my husband, Steve, who's from Scotland. Um, Hi, Steve. What
0: Steve. (laughs) What part of Scotland is he from? He's from Perth. Oh, I actually did yes. some training near Schoon. I think no Schoon is really. just up, up the it way is, there. Yeah, yeah nice. there was yeah. yeah, so there you go. That's a long story. We'll move on there anyway. <laughs> Hi, Steve. <So. laughs>
1: yeah, Steve's at work today. He's a physics teacher in a school in Manhattan. So, yeah, we, we've been really fortunate. And look, it's so different to home, David. It's so different to Dubai. And that's not a bad thing either. You know, it's
0: it's good. But you, have, you seem to have a lot of adventure. I mean you know but why why were you just kind of like so focused on I'm going to do this nobody's going to stop me is that were you determined
1: uh I don't know was it determination or pure stubbornness or what it was but you know even as you asked that question I knew that I had to do something different you know I had applied for any job at home that was going I'd applied for it so even non-teaching jobs And I really wanted to teach. And I thought, well, if I can't get a teaching job at home. So when I was looking through the Sunday Independent one day and it's like, oh, teachers watched in Saudi Arabia. And I said, yeah, I'll go to Saudi. (laughs) Yeah, Why wouldn't I? Why would I not? And I remember saying it to a couple of my friends at the time and they knew other people who had been teachers in Saudi. And it was, you know, everybody knows that one person who back in the day will say, went to the middle east went to saudi as a nurse or as a teacher and just met a fortune david you know so it was like brilliant this is great i'm going to make so much money i'll come home i'll buy a house and everything will be brilliant
0: (laughs) and was it was it like a culture shock obviously it's very different to ireland i mean
1: oh my gosh um the culture shock in so many ways i used to teach history at home but then i also used to teach religious education And they had just brought in a new RE uh, curriculum at the time as well that was based around the five main world religions. I said, brilliant. So I thought I knew about Islam and, you know, living in a Muslim country and everything else. And it's one thing reading about something, David, and it's very different, actually going and experiencing and then choosing to live in a completely different country as well. Yes. But it it was such an education. It was fantastic in so many ways.
0: And did you hang out on the Villaggio in Qatar much?
1: <laughs> I love the way that you built know, Villaggio. <laughs> of course I did. Of course Where you else? did. Of course I did. Where else would I go and do my shopping? I That's remember it. when they built the mall and we were like, oh my gosh, this is beautiful. Like this is the most beautiful mall ever. Then and we was your husband with you there
0: at the time? Was Steve there at the time?
1: So we we met in Qatar then as well. Which All is right. Okay. We're going to get yeah. full history
0: here. Okay. I we well.
1: yeah, no, <laughs> there.
0: Did he get down and handed me,
1: did he? I hope you did, Steve. Uh, you know, I actually did, right? This <laughs> you is, did this it. Is, I know, here's it. All
0: right. <laughs> I, I love
1: all these stories. We So we had decided to move to Dubai. We decided, right, we're going to leave Qatar and we're going to move and we're going to teach in a completely different country. Um, it just didn't work out because there was either a job for Steve and there wasn't a job for me or there was a job for me and not for Steve. And we were looking at Peru and Thailand and Singapore. And next thing, these jobs came up in Dubai and we said, well, fair enough but if we wanted to live together in Dubai, we had to be married.
0: Uh-huh. So yes.
1: <laughs> I asked him <laughs> <laughs> by text.
0: All right. And, oh, well, that's very romantic, I suppose. I
1: know, I know.
0: Especially for a Scotsman. I'm sure he was delighted with that. So <laughs> d- d- tell me then, you're your, your, your advanced master NLP coach. So yeah. explain, I've had a, a previous guest, that they, they discuss this NLP business. So what, yeah. for a, a dummy like me, In layman's terms, what is a master NLP coach? And how did you all of a sudden want to become a a master NLP coach?
1: Mm. So NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming, basically, if we sum it up, you know, for a third grader or like a, a third class student at home, it's the relationship between your mind. So what goes on in your head? the language that you use whether that's verbal or non-verbal and the behaviors then that you perform on a daily basis so it's looking at how all of that is connected and a really quick example of that is if I allow uncomfortable or negative thoughts to sit in my head like oh my gosh this is this is the worst day in my life I'm never going to be able to to get over this this is terrible this is awful and so then The language that follows those thoughts, again, whether it's verbal or nonverbal, you know, challenging um, conversations that I have, I might just start to feel really down about myself and what are the behaviors then that I'll carry out as a result of thinking and feeling that way. So NLP helps us to understand ourselves so much better. It's like an, an owner's manual for the brain and gives us even more control over those elements as well. And I started my NLP journey. It was the, one of the first coaching type courses that I did while I was still a teacher. And it just blew my mind, David, because right. I, I started using all of the fabulous young people that I worked with. I started using them as my guinea pigs. And knowingly, you know, there was nothing malicious in this at all. And yeah. practicing different ways of communicating with them. And a quick example of that is, instead of saying to one of the young people that I was teaching at the time, why is your history essay not on my desk right now? You know, because nobody likes those five questions, do they? And we become really defensive and they can be quite triggering. So instead of asking that question, I started asking, what would you need in order to get that essay on my desk by 3 p.m. today? That's a very different question. It's very solution focused and action orientated as well. Right. Changing the language that I was using with other people, changing the language that I was using with myself, understanding my mind a bit better. So I started off doing those, you know, doing a a basic NLP course and doing another practitioner course. And I've got, you know, two amazing trainers who are, they're from the States, actually, they're incredible. And, you know, so it's it's mastery then is that next stage of, right, I know a lot of this. I know a lot of these NLP techniques and these coaching skills. How do I master that? You know, so how do I do it with more ease? So it's even deeper learning, a deeper understanding of the way that our brain works and the way that we operate on patterns of language, thought and behavior. So it's it's fascinating. I love it.
0: Do you think then, Linda, do things become a little bit easier then when you're interacting with others? So does it become easier then? Do you find yourself on a daily basis that you know how to handle things a little bit better?
1: Most definitely most definitely. And even if it's doing things a little bit better, we're still doing things better, right? And it's, I think there's a lot of pressure, we can often put a lot of pressure on ourselves to do it perfectly to get it right all the time. And so doing things even a little bit differently will give us different results. And an example of, you know, coming to a conversation that usually in the past would have Made me quite defensive. It was if it was feedback that I was getting from someone, I'd be like, "My gosh, do not criticize me or my work." Yes. And now, like those conversations, very differently because with with that NLP mindset, I know that it's feedback is simply information, and I have a choice in what I do with that information. You know, I can I can react to it in a constructive way. I can take it on as a gift. I can think about what's actually true about this. What can I use to to help me move forward? So I think that there's a lot of power in that as well, David, and it's a really good question because conversations and our relationships go a whole lot better.
0: It, it, when somebody's defensive, do you think it's insecurity on their behalf? Are they always under on the, under on the, like kind of the attack? You know, it's kind of like oh I'm, you know, don't say anything to me, Misses, mm, or you're going to get yeah.
1: it. Yeah, yeah, a lot of it is. You know, if I step into my own experience of this a lot of it is that it's that feeling of like don't it's almost like a threat right now I'm not saying somebody's going to be like this is what's going to happen if you don't do this it's not like that but like we can feel our ego can feel threatened right like this part of that feels under threat and it's tied then or can be tied to those limiting beliefs of I'm not good enough I didn't do a good enough job so Therefore, I'm not worthy, therefore I'm not deserving of these things. And it can feed into a whole host of again that pattern of negative thinking about ourselves.
0: Do you think, Linda, your initial journey? So, say for example, you've uh, from Ireland, you then went to the Middle East and now you're in mm. the States. Do you think this has toughened you up a little bit? I don't say so it needs to be toughened up, but you don't know, try to get <laughs> do, you, do, you think, do you think because we we we're going to talk about later on about attitude and gratitude you think sometimes we're a little bit soft and because we haven't experienced certain things in life different cultures uh knockbacks bit of stress that we find it difficult to handle certain situations so in your situation I mean, do you find now you kind of don't take things the way maybe you, you would have do you find that's the way what was steve i mean do you throw stuff at steve or <laughs> <laughs> teddy bears <laughs>
1: This is so funny. I love this question. And honestly, I do. I definitely handle things differently. And I love also what you've said about, you know, have we become a little bit spoiled? There's a lot of talk around, you know, gosh, we avoid discomfort so much, don't we, David? It's so much in our lives is designed to make us more comfortable. And a lot of that, then, if we think about how we manage our emotions, our uncomfortable feelings, our emotions when they pop up, what do we do? Oh, just forget about that, you know, bin that, put that in a box and deal with it later. Okay, why? Because it's causing me some discomfort. Well, what if I leaned into that discomfort? And, you know, what, what's the worst that could happen? But well, I'll be embarrassed about something that I said, or I'll feel guilty over something that I did. They're not always bad things. Yes. You label them as being, oh, bad, negative, And it's, we can grow from them there's so much learning and growth in leaning into those those challenging times um my running coach actually puts it very well when he says you know, get comfortable with being uncomfortable linda because if you want to get you know if i want to get those faster times then i've got to be willing to do something that's outside that stretches me a little bit that's outside of my comfort zone and and, and creates a sense of discomfort because that's where a lot of our growth is
0: and you mentioned it in running um you're a big yeah. fan of the running and the marathons aren't you big fan <laughs> so, so when, you were, when you were doing these NL, nlp kind of uh, sessions on the kids you didn't have them doing marathons did you like you know off to the shop she's go, <laughs> come go back there like you know and get into their brains i mean you, you do a lot of running don't you do you find this I helps love, you love
1: running in so many ways and it, it's really ironic i think the way that i started running as well because i i started running as a way of really looking after my mental health and developing a much better attitude towards my my body and my physical appearance and i say it's ironic because some people again not all some people start running or they start on a fitness plan to lose weight you know or, or you know, something like that and it's not that i started running to gain weight i started running to feel better about myself yes. i wanted to be strong you know i wanted to be athletic and and the, a lot of that then is tied in with the mental toughness as well
0: that I'm I'm proud of. Yeah, no, it's it's a fair play to you. I mean, the older I'm getting, I I, I kind of I'd be fair to turn on Eurosport and see people <laughs> running. That's my exercise for the day, so to speak. Congratulations on your ultramarathons and so on. But uh, I'd be sitting here having Pringles. You mentioned there, uh, Linda, with, with mental health, and um, yeah, you know, I've spoken this before with our guests, where we hear a lot of it now. We hear a lot about mental health, mental health, mental health, and obviously. I'm assuming mental health has always been an, an issue for many, many years. But now we're, we're beginning mm. to chat about it, which is great. I mean, how would you explain mental health in a simplistic way? Because when you have a bad heart or you have a bad liver, you know, the doctor will say, he'll say, look, unfortunately, your liver has gone or your heart is gone or your, yeah. you know, but for the mental health part, because we can't really see what's, what's going on behind the skull, yeah. so to speak. So, <laughs> so how would you kind of explain that? What is what is mental health?
1: It could be a number of different things depending on where you are in your mental health journey. Let's say, for example, but if we look at this, we have our physical health and certain things that we do then. Well, what do we do to look after what takes place inside our minds? And so if we look right, we might go for an annual checkup. We might go to the dentist and, you know, we might do all these other things and feed our bodies well and drink lots of water and get lots of sleep what do we actually do to look after our minds
0: right
1: and for me mental health is it's looking after your headspace. so if you think of like the the food or the you know the fuel that you put into your body every day great fine what are you feeding your mind with as well how are you how are you fueling your mind what, what goes into that space
0: is it then you know have we become i know same again we haven't spoken attitude mm. or gratitude so much we'll Yeah, we're still chatting away it's an irish thing i'm sorry everybody um <laughs> so, so we 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 with regards to mental health do we i mean is there any scientific proof out there any information out there with regards to when we see say social media for example mm. and we see the next door neighbors have a brand new car and the kids yeah. are their kids are going off for a nice holiday or uh right. you know oh god he's a great six-pack or you know, she looks great. I mean, does that affect our mental health? Are we we competing? You know, are we competing with
1: each other? Ah, yeah, you've hit the the nail on the head with that word in competing. Any kind of like comparison or competing can have, in a particular context, can have an impact on our our mental health. If we think about it like this, so if I'm, you know, oh, let's say, right, so the neighbours have their new car or there's so-and-so going on. It's what am I doing with that information? So do I look at the neighbors with their new car and think great for them? Or do I start to dig that comparison trap for myself? Yes. And do I then allow that one comparative thought to lead on to another? Because if we don't catch our thoughts and learn to manage them a bit better, that's where they take control of us. So that one comparison thought can lead to another and another and another and another. Now, before I know it, I've dug, I've dug myself into this trap where I'm feeling really really down about myself I feel like I have nothing and everybody else has everything so it's this downward spiral now that in itself of course can affect our mental health falling into that once or twice I think we're we're susceptible to that okay it's how far do we allow ourselves fall and the frequency of that and how we behave how we respond to those thoughts or to that spiral that can have such a negative impact on our mental health
0: right so, so we'll move on then to the uh, main topic of the, the, we're only about 25 minutes in, but anyway, we, we got, <laughs> got here eventually. <laughs> so can you explain what attitude is in relation to gratitude? You have a, you've a very nice mm-hmm. little video on your on your YouTube. I think it's one of your Friday, is it Friday? Oh, Feel videos? Good
1: Friday. Feel we'll yeah. Good Friday.
0: And yeah. um, I have done my research, everybody. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, attitude and gratitude what what do they relate to each other or is totally separate difference or can you explain what you mean even by your feel good friday videos
1: yeah absolutely feel good friday is i started doing and it all ties in right so i started doing a gratitude board years ago absolutely years ago i remember reading about gratitude and i was really trying to get myself out of this i was looking trying to look after my own mental health better as well david and I kept hearing this, oh, gratitude, gratitude. And I said, oh, gosh, like, what is this? This is some... And I did and I, I rolled at it, I'll be completely honest. And then I put it into practice because a lot of this theory is great. It's how are we actually applying it in our day-to-day lives. So I used to wake up in the morning and basically the first thing that I would think of was, like, I have to go to work. I have to go to work. I have history papers coming out of my ears that I have to mark. I have so much to do. I've got training. I've got blah, 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 all of these things. And it was all complaining, all the things that I had to do, almost like a lack, right? You know, instead of, I have a job to go to, I teach incredible young people from all around the world. I work with other fantastic teachers. The sun is shining here 90% of the time. I I actually, I, I have my help and all of these other things. And by practicing gratitude, it really helped to turn my whole attitude around. So I had this negative attitude towards them. Poor me, and it's like, really, what? I have this fantastic job. And when I change when I change that attitude, then other things follow. And so even really simple things like, oh, I have to go run it. Oh, my coach is giving me a tough running session today. It's like, hang on a second. you have the ability to run, you have the legs to run, you have the feet to run, you have a pair of trainers that you can wear. I can say runners. Yes. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> like and so I have all of these things and that's when I focus on that my whole attitude changes to one of gosh you know I'm, I'm lucky to be able to do this I'm grateful that I'm able to do this and so that all ties in then to how do we what's our attitude towards maybe life in general what's our attitude towards our job do we complain about the work that we that we have to do Are we grateful for the opportunity to do it? You know, what's our perspective on it? And it doesn't mean that there's a right or wrong way for all this, David, because it's all relative. Yes. It really, really is. Your job might be absolutely horrendous and it might feel that you, yes, you have to go to work because you have to pay a bill. Somewhere along the way, there's a positive, there's something beneficial in there for you as well. And sometimes we just have to look a little deeper to find it. So the whole feel good Friday then came about because when I worked in the Middle East, we had Friday was our, our weekend. We had Friday, Saturday off. And I was like, I, so I started doing this, started thinking about like a feel good Friday thing. And I said, oh, maybe I'll do, instead of just writing out a gratitude list, I'll do a gratitude board. So I got a, a blackboard, maybe because I was a teacher at the time. I don't know. <laughs> we, <have> whiteboards, so <laughs> So I got this blackboard and my chalk and, started writing out just three things that I was grateful for and then it, it just developed. And so it's something now that I've been doing for years where I will start my Friday off by writing down at least 10 things on my blackboard each week. And it helps to focus to, you know, even if I've had not a great morning, not a great week, it helps me to really get a, a better focus on, on things.
0: Can, can Linda, can it be contagious both ways? also as a negative so say for example you're in a group of people mm. and they're always moaning always groaning i don't like this job i don't like this place i don't like this person does you actually find yourself becoming one of those you kind of morph into them i mean it, it, how would you get out of that is it just like do you just say to your friends or your colleagues look just leave me alone get away from me or is it a case of you have to move job to be happy you're not trying oh. to get it you're, you're trying to integrate you are you're trying to be part of the group part of the team but it's yep. always always the one or two who wear you out and grind you down
1: (laughs) this is brilliant what comes into my head straight away is boundaries yes you know what what are you okay with and it could be the case that this is a you know that you've got close friends at your workplace and you want to you want to be that good friend who listens and who hears what what they're doing you don't have to take that on and wear it yourself so you can demonstrate empathy, you can listen, and you can still turn around and say, uh, "You know, gosh, I'm I'm not sure how I'm not sure how to handle this. You know, I I hear you on this, and I hear that you're going through a tough time. How can I help?" So th- there's ways of doing this, and it's if you're comfortable within that boundary, great. Now, but it's getting to the stage where it's like oh gosh, here she goes again. You know, she's complaining about this. Will she ever get off her soapbox or (laughs) quit quit the rant or something like that? That's very different. And it could be that, you know, I had somebody say this to me years ago, David, and as uncomfortable, as horrible as it was to hear it at the time, I (laughs) need to hear it because a very close friend of mine turned to me one day and she said, you know what, Linda, I just wanted to share something with you. And I said, oh yeah, go on. I said, gosh, this does not sound good. She said, well, some of the students have approached me recently and, you know, they, they've come to me expressing concern. They've said that you're not very approachable at the moment. I was like, what? <laughs> said, you can hear. What do you
0: mean? How you? Yeah,
1: exactly. You can Get hear out of my office. defensiveness. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, oh, you know, they said that you've been complaining quite a lot and you just seem really negative. I said, oh, gosh. Now, I got very defensive and I walked out of that classroom and I, I was not a happy camper at all. And when I met time to think about it, because I said, like, this person is my friend. She's not going to say something to me to deliberately upset me. She's saying it to me for, for the better. You know, she's, There's a lot of positive intent there behind it. And it's to have, we can have those conversations when we have that positive intent and when we have those conversations in a constructive way where it's clearly communicated that we're not being malicious in what we're saying. It's, yes. you know what? I'm hearing the same story. I'd love to know. What are you doing about it? How long are you going to let this go on? The story is getting a bit boring now, to be honest. As your friend, I need to tell you that. Yes. I need to communicate this with you.
0: Are you still How friends, you? Linda?
1: Yeah, we are. Oh, <laughs> we are. Yeah, <laughs> <Just> absolutely. <laughs>
0: Hello, whoever you are. Hello, friend. So what about the lower <laughs> expectations to have a happier life? I mean, we, spent, we mentioned it with regards to the social media, you know, competing with each other. Um, we know that we have to pay bills to survive money as much as we don't like it money does make the world go round yeah and the um what's my my saying is always dreams don't pay the bills it's nice to have a dream don't get me wrong it's nice to say like you know i want to play for man united don't get me wrong i want to play for ireland but at the end of the day you know wake up dave what's
1: realistic you know
0: this is this is it's nice to focus on a dream and have you know uh, uh goals and and uh, talk to listen to people like you linda you know inspiring stories and so on but th- at the end of the day you know you mightn't have the ferrari you mightn't have the bmw no. should we no. lower those expectations i don't think we should oh here we go is it possible to lower those expectations how do you get into somebody's mind when they have this picture in their head yeah. that this is what they want they're watching real housewives of of <laughs> dublin or <laughs> whatever it is real a house thing? husbands of Dublin or it is now? just to be kind of like you know so nobody gets upset with what I said for both sides so it's kind of so how long do you balance that out
1: I love that this is oh gosh there's so many good parts to this and there's a number of pieces to this yes and the expectations is really important and it's tied up then with that fabulous s-word that you mentioned Dave should
0: yes should
1: should comes with it comes with a whole host of unrealistic expectations straight away my question would be if somebody asked you know should I then lower my expectations my question to them in a coaching capacity would be what's the purpose like what would your purpose in doing that be what are you looking to get gain have or achieve yes and even before that what does it mean to you to lower your expectations because some people you know when I have these types of coaching conversations with people, they'll often say to me, well, I shouldn't have to lower my expectations. We have standards, whether that's in professional capacity or I have standards in in my personal relationships. It's great. No one is saying that you, you change those personal policies that you have and you've got to look at what's working. And what I mean by that is if you have such high expectations of let's say yourself, that you continually feel like you're being let down or you're disappointed. That's a sign to do something different. Yes. And I hear this all the time in people who talk about perfection and I want, I well, I just wanted it to be perfect. I want the perfect wedding, the perfect relationship, the perfect, this, the perfect, that. And it's like, what does that even mean? And how realistic is that idea that you have of this thing in your head?
0: Yes. And do you but did you get people, I mean clients coming to you, and I mean, I know you're trying to be professional, but you're sitting there sometimes go what on earth? I mean, I've had <laughs> <laughs> I have had friends or colleagues and you know who you are, where they'd be <laughs> in financial trouble and they'd be driving the biggest car and have the oh, highest yeah. mortgage yeah. and the best of clothes, and they'd be like, Oh Dave, I'm really, I'm not really happy at the moment. And I'd be like, Maybe get rid of the car. Oh, I can't. Why? I just like it. I'm like, yeah, yeah, but you can't afford it and you're unhappy because you can't sleep at night because you can't afford yeah. to keep the car. Oh yeah, but she loves she loves she loves driving it as well. Yeah. <laughs> so wait, have you ever had it yourself, Linda? I mean, obviously not to give names of, of clients and stuff like that, but is there a certain time where you're kind of you have to sit there and look, guys, you know, you're gonna to have to start helping yourself here. You know, Linda, Linda's doing her best oh. to push you along the right track, but come on. <laughs>
1: brilliant it's how are you helping yourself in this situation yeah exactly exactly that so if somebody describes all of this it's okay and when you look at your current situation now how does your current way of thinking help you move forward or how constructive is that how is how constructive are your current behaviors you are spotting it sometimes we're, we're not aware of the incongruencies that exist right so oh I have no money I really need to save money Right. Okay. And um, that new Chanel handbag that you bought. Yes. Oh, well, I needed that. And there's and there's nothing wrong with the Chanel handbag. The same way there's nothing wrong with the big car or, or whatever else it is. It often represents something. It's what does the car? What does the handbag? What does the thing represent? Yes. What's the story that we're telling ourselves about these? Sometimes they are material possessions. Sometimes they might be. It might be a particular relationship or. I don't know, a holiday or something, but we tell ourselves a little story about it. It makes us feel better.
0: So should we then be chasing the money? I mean, is it a case of does money does, yeah. does, <laughs> does, does, is money is money the key to happiness? I mean, with regards to our attitude and gratitude, because if you feel mm. so say, for example, right, let's give you an example. I'm going to throw an example out there. Yep. You've, trained, you've trained all your life to be, for example, a teacher or a doctor, or a nurse, Mm. or a pilot, or whatever, and you've invested so much money of your time, and then all of a sudden then you go to get your first pay packet or your salary, and it doesn't meet your expectations. Should, you know, should you be angry about that? Should your attitude change because of that? Because your expectations haven't been met? Because you believe, I mean, I'm wondering, are you doing the job for the job, or are you doing the job for the money?
1: Yeah, and that's different right that's really if you're doing the job there's nothing wrong again with either of those no people will sometimes say to me i feel really guilty for saying that i'm in this for the money what no (laughs) own that because oh money's bad it's greedy and everything else it's not Mm -hmm. so sometimes then this is about checking out what's my relationship with money what's my money story like what's the story that i tell myself about money and how conducive or how helpful is that story So if I'm telling myself the story that money's bad, it's the root of all evil. People who chase money are terrible people. This is often, you know, ends up in in disarray. Well, that's very different to something like money is helpful. I do good with money. Money helps me do all these other things. They're very different stories. If you're in it for the money, own it. If you're not, it's a vocation or something. Own that as well. Be authentic. Be congruent in what it is that you're doing you want to chase money go for it
0: get yourself a civil service job you'll get all the benefits
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> you'll have stability <laughs> say nothing okay so what about then the uh like the movie the pursuit of happiness with uh, mr will smith so wh- what about i love what's Richard. your opinion of the positivity or the pursuit of positive gratitude or attitude i ah. mean
1: how
0: how then do we try and be positive be gracious? Have a good attitude. Is there a good attitude, Linda? Is there, or
1: is, a is good it, or attitude, is it in the eyes of the beholder
0: what the attitude is?
1: Gosh, this is this is going deep, isn't it? This is fantastic. mind-blowing
0: stuff. The science NASA are on the phone. <laughs>
1: I'm glad they phoned you. <laughs> <laughs> Elon Musk,
0: me. SpaceX, you're I like. Mean, Oof. The-
1: the worst person steve would be great on that call he'd be um, brilliant I'd, oh, he's I'd, be, I'd be, yeah yeah he's he's a physics teacher In those well, will
0: liaise with teachers. steve we will we'll follow yeah. the
1: answers <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll touch base <laughs> context is everything absolutely everything and it's what serves you best in that particular context and it comes back to for me it comes back to those uncomfortable emotions as well so there's a time and a place for absolutely every emotion there is something to be Gained from experiencing every emotion as well. What's, so if we look at attitude, what's the right attitude? What's the context that I'm in? Because there's a context in which having a calm and a peaceful and a quiet attitude will serve me very well. And there's also a time and a place for me to raise my voice and be heard. There's a time and a place for anger and everything else. Other people might not see that. So it's, it's all, it's, it can be very personal and it's very context orientated as well.
0: Okay, let's move on to the business side of things, which is obviously the, the most important side. Um, the, look at your fabulous website here, LindaBunner.com, Thank you. And uh your pretty much, what services do you provide? So if, if I was to get in touch with you right now mm. uh, for a little bit of help, or is it just about help or is it more? More than just help.
1: Yeah, definitely more, Uh, because for me, help is this huge umbrella, and there are so many different boxes or components that sit under that as well. So what does help mean, again, to that person at that particular time? Help might be a brainstorming session, having a thinking partner, making a different career choice, overcoming an obstacle, um, uh, getting, you know, achieving goals, setting goals, dealing with learning some skills or some tools, like in particular in terms of training. So there's a number of different ways that a coach can help and that me as a life coach can help as well. It's all about what is it that you're looking for. So you're at point A, you want to get to point B. What does point B look like and how can I partner with you to help you get there, to empower you to drive your own success as well? so that you can continue forward it's like going from good to great and then beyond that's what I want you when I work with people I my focus is always on adding value empowering them with skills tools techniques to overcome those challenges successfully and then move forward confidently so they feel equipped in order then to you know get over other hurdles that might be in their way.
0: Is there sometimes, Linda, then a harsh reality? I mean, is there a point where you do have to say, I mean, if I was to come to you, say tomorrow, and uh, how does the process then start? Is it like an introductory session? And then does it go on to a, a number of sessions after that? So how do you then work around a client, for example? Or is it just for individuals and organizations as well?
1: Both, absolutely so. both. It looks different for both as well. When, but regardless of who I'm working with, it's always a conversation first. And I will always offer free 30-minute consultations. And why do I offer free 30-minute consultations? Because when you're working with someone, when you're looking for a coach, when you're thinking about creating this change in your life, finding the best person for you is the most important part. Okay. And that's like, you know, imagine if you were, you're looking for a dentist or a doctor. You might go to the first person that you find. You might shop around. I always encourage people to shop around and find someone that you're comfortable with because it's not just surface things like, oh, I'd like a new career. I want to be doing something different. We always get into, this is what makes me very good at what I do. We (laughs) always get into that deeper, like what's behind, what is sitting below the surface? What is it that's holding you back from not putting your CV out there, from not accepting a different offer or for saying that you want more money in a particular role? And that's, it's not just professional either. It's personal. What keeps you in that relationship despite the fact you know you're incredibly unhappy where would you love to be more assertive where would you love more confidence so it always starts off with that conversation everything is completely confidential and then it's all about the partnership when somebody decides that they want to work with me it's right what are we working towards what is it that you would like how are we together going to Going to create those steps forward. How will you measure your success in terms of working with me? What are the logistics? And you know, so I often get asked that question of what does it look like to work with you? And in one word, it's very much a partnership. My clients design absolutely everything. I don't have any of these. Oh, here's your ten week program on confidence, and here's your your five day program on something else. No, because it is a partnership. Everybody is different. I will create those programs with individuals that i'm working with so that it is incredibly bespoke and they get whatever they want from the journey together
0: and then for to make it worthwhile because obviously with the introductory 30 minute session that they have with mm. you is it advisable then that they come along and have questions of what they want rather than the time being kind of uh I wouldn't say wasted but spent mm. on trying to figure out because obviously they're contacting you for a reason so yeah. is it be, is it best for them to say look linda I want this, or as you, I know you've, 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 you've discussed it, but just to kind of save that time and, and then you can get the partnership and make it a, a more worthwhile experience for both parties. Is that generally what you'd recommend?
1: This is really interesting because I will recommend people to come to that session with whatever they like. And here's a couple of examples of that. People sometimes come with, well, I just want to meet you. They have no questions. They want you to talk. They want to learn more about you and your background, why you do what you do. They want to hear about your setbacks, what successes you've had, how you've overcome them, which I completely get as well. Some people will come with a combination of things. They'll have a couple of questions and they want to hear more about you. What does the process look like? Where does it fit in my in my budget? Is it career focused? What does the coach do anyways? And other people come and they're interviewing you. And all of that is welcome because it's your time and it's your money. So you want to make sure, again, that you have that partner, like that you have the best person for you. If it doesn't feel right, that's an indication to do something different. People work with me. Some people want to work with me because I'm Irish. Some people want to work with me because of my background, because I've traveled a lot, because I'm whatever. You know, and that all of that, what's most important in all of that is, again, it's that partnership. Find a coach who works, who's going to work for you.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, no, it's it's great, it's great advice. I mean, do the Americans love you? Because there is a big connection with the Irish there and is. the Americans. There is. They
1: do. They generally they do. do. They <laughs> There's do. one or two that probably don't. <laughs> <laughs> we won't mention them. And that's fine.
0: Yep. What, what's it like living in New York? I mean, we we have, as sure most Irish people have, they've done the all weekend, a four-day trip to go to the shopping and and uh you know go to I remember Filene's basement but that was in Boston many years ago you had Macy's and so on but yeah
1: uh, yeah. but
0: I mean what's it like there now yourself living there was the transition quite simple and familiar compared to the Middle East with, Mm. with Ireland so to speak or is it very fast paced
1: it's I think it again like so it all depends on on where you are what part of the city that you're in and what your experience is of it what your background is what your culture is your beliefs some people might come here and they would be like oh my gosh everything moves way too fast slow it down and for me sometimes (laughs) like I'm like can we move people can we just move (laughs) and it's really interesting because before we left Dubai I was you know, I don't know. We we're walking around the mall somewhere, and she's like, "Gosh, slow down, Speedy. You are not in New York yet." He said, "Save that for when you're, you want to like be flying up and down Fifth Avenue or around Times Square." And that's really funny because when you do walk down the streets, it's, it's almost like people. Fall, I feel like people fall into two categories. <laughs> there are, this, and this is a really strong generalization here, and I do not mean to offend at all. You have the people who are, get out of my way. You on your phone, stand to the side. You doing that, stand to the side. Some of us actually want to use the path. sorry, what's the, the sidewalk?
0: The sidewalk, yeah.
1: <laughs> we want to use the sidewalk and get where we're going. So it's, come on. Yes. And then there's other people who are like, oh, I'm here, I'm having a lovely time and I'm enjoying the city and oh, look at this. And I'm going to stand here and take a selfie and I'm going to do this. And it's like, oh, those <laughs> somewhere. <laughs>
0: So, you're now the annoyance of the tourists, is it? Oh,
1: that's and this has come up so many times in in conversations as well. Because so during the summer, Steve will often cycle into work and he'll come home and he'll be like, They're back there. And I said, (laughs) Who's they? The tourists are all back. They're all over over Brooklyn Bridge and they've all got selfie sticks and and
0: (laughs) the zombies.
1: (laughs) Yeah. There's a couple of people cycling over the bridge, just like move, move, move. And (laughs) the tourists just like they just like divide and and we have to remember that we. I said, do you forget that we were here so many times as tourists, so many times? So can we please just remember where we've come from as well? Because we were those people standing in other people's ways, going, oh, here's a great place to take a photo. Brilliant it's
0: not that that's the scottish blood that's the that's the scottish <laughs> blood sorry about linda we'll say we'll say no more my kids are scottish so we'll say nothing oh so, my gosh i
1: know i know so
0: so the client wise can i name drop the clients that are on your your website is that okay can i can i speak nice. out loud and say yeah them?
1: yeah Yeah. so there'll be some some yeah. good
0: uh i'll say very good actually you have uh estee lauder wonderful Ooh. skincare uh you have <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Gets rid of all my wrinkles around my eyes. You have uh, Oliver Wyman, Guardian. You have Women's Health, the National. I'm not going to try to pronounce that. I, try, I probably offend Al Al Nabooda. Oh,
1: Al Nabuda, yeah. Yes, Al-Naboudi. I do apologize. Great company it in the Middle
0: East. Yeah. Uh, Warner Media. So yeah. So you've you've a very top spec. Oh, I have mention the other ones. Professional Certified Coach, International Coach Federation as well. Thank and you. the Upstrive. Nexus. Nexus, that was the last one. So they're all mentioned just in case like, they get a Yeah. It, that's really, it, that's pretty cool. I mean, how, how, I mean, how does that work? How different is that from the individual coaching to the, to the, say, the corporate world?
1: Yeah, what are they looking
0: for in particular?
1: It's very different. There's a lot of different components to it as well. Sometimes it comes down to this a similar thing of, moving forward like personal development or professional growth right you know it it usually comes down to those things but it's different in the corporate world then as well because there are different there's different people involved so when an individual person hires me as their coach it's me and them and that's our relationship that's it right and that's the financial piece of it as well when you're working with a corporation there are so many other different components it's right well who's in charge here so who's paying the bill Who do I work with? Who do I report to? Who else is involved? So there's often, it's not just the coaching conversations. It's those other conversations that take place outside. What does confidentiality look like in that situation as well? Because again, when I work with with somebody one-on-one, it's just me and that other person. There is nobody else involved. You work in a corporation and those, you know, the, the boundaries have to be so clearly defined you're respectful of the person that you're working with so you're respectful of the the coachee as such and you're also respectful of the client of the corporation as a whole of the person who is the other people who are involved right so what's what's okay to share what's not okay to share and those like those ways of working are really really important to yeah to to just set in stone from the beginning what's set in stone What's negotiable? What's non-negotiable? Where are we expected to be flexible? Where is our wiggle room?
0: No, brilliant. I mean, mm. it's uh, a lot of uh, companies out there listening to this. You're uh, more than welcome to get in touch with Linda on our wonderful website, <laughs> lindabonner.com. And um, just double check, and it's a yep, it's HTTPS. Just in case yes, you're wondering, yes, it is.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. And uh, she has uh, Linda has her story, which is a, a very nice video about her background, and then she has her books, which we're going to kind of Go over just three things book. What's that about now? Yes.
1: Oh, just three things is my latest book. It came out in October, just in time, just in time for World Mental Health Day as well, on the 10th of October. And just three things is all about making change simple, manageable, and effective. And it takes a number, so it's a collection. It's you know, not just three things, because that would be very easy (laughs) it's only that. It's a collection of three things across a number of different categories. We've got personal challenges, professional challenges, life's everyday curveballs. We've got those tougher things then as well that life loves to throw at us. And it's three things that you can do to overcome, to start to overcome that particular challenge. You can use each of the steps individually, you can use them together as a collective. The whole purpose of it is that it's action orientated and it's solution focused. And that's what we want. So it's great to think about creating change. Many of us don't because we tell ourselves a story that it's difficult, it's challenging, it's easier for the people. Oh, I can't do that because. And so this book is specifically designed to help you recognize the story that you're telling, write a completely different story, you know, be your, become your own coach in this as well and take control of the elements of this that you can
0: and most importantly where can you buy it or where can it be obtained
1: yes so it can be obtained on amazon and also i know that a lot of fantastic local bookstores are ordering in as well so if you don't want to order online and that's completely your choice as well pop along to your local bookstore and see if you can support uh, an irish bookstore a local bookstore (laughs) even wherever you are in the world (laughs) and a local author yeah
0: Excellent. Oh, so I'm going to ask you a question here is that I look at your photograph right now and you're in front of a pallet of Odlum's flower, self-raising oh. <laughs> flower. <laughs> yes, yes. And you're you're you look very fancy <laughs> and it looks kind of like you're heading to a wedding or a function but to be in front of a pallet. I mean, did Odlum sponsor the book or something? Oh, or?
1: Odlums, Odlums, if you're out there and you do want to sponsor, you can. There yeah. is a beautiful story behind this. Can I tell you a story?
0: Of course you can, because I was going to sing the Fan song, but I kind of forgot that the oh. Odlums was a little bit different. So
1: <laughs> yes, yes, start the day, the okay. yes. Yeah. So, I'm sorry, Odlums. Sorry, yeah, I Odlums. Your... What's your song? <laughs> so I was looking for, I was looking for a venue in New York for my book launch, and one of my fabulous friends contacted me, and she had seen Mary O's, the Irish bar in the in the village in Manhattan. She had seen it on Instagram because Mary had. Kind of shot to fame as such because of her scones. Right. So she started baking. She's got a fabulous story. So if you're not familiar with, with Mary O. Googler, have a look, read her story because it's it's incredible. And there was a feature on her of on Humans of New York on Instagram. So my friend said, "What about Mary o's I said, "Oh gosh, so Mary's famous now. What would she want with little old me at all?" <laughs> but it's so funny, right? Again, what we tell ourselves. So I got in touch with Mary and I said, "Hi, Mary." You know, I'm from Galway and I'm looking for a location for my book launch. Would you be interested? Blah blah. blah. And she said, Of course I would. Of course. She has been abs- she's been a saint in all of this, Dave, an absolute saint. So we we'll go to Mary's. Mary is still busy baking a million scones. Wow. So when you walk into her bar, when we walked into her bar back in September, October, it was floor to ceiling of like that's exactly what you see packets of Odlum's flour. I think it was 4,000 bags of Odlum's flour that they shipped over from Ireland to so right. that Mary could bake her Irish scones. So I have the book launched there. And my friend Evelyn McDermott is a fantastic milliner. She's, uh, she's Irish and she lives in Dubai and she's just incredible. So it's her hat that makes me look so fancy, which is right. lovely. All the and plugging, yeah. keep going, keep know, going. Plug away. <laughs> <Thank you>. <laughs> <laughs> is it obvious?
0: That's it, <laughs> say nothing
1: <laughs> and, then, and then this is where the photo has has come from, so it's inside Mario's Bar at the day of my book launch of Just Three things in New York City.
0: Wow, well, if anybody from Aulums is listening to this, I'm uh, a little bit delighted of any type of plugging our advertisement uh, because
1: absolutely i love the flower
0: pretty impressive it is actually very very fancy but no well done you so where else then can the listeners get in touch with you i mean i can see here you're on facebook twitter and and the youtube so um for the for the kids out there where where can they find you
1: For the young people, for the millennials. The millennials, the millennials yeah. People, I'm That's on it. LinkedIn. <laughs> <You're>
0: <laughs> if, on LinkedIn, yeah.
1: I'm on LinkedIn. I love connecting with people. So when you've listened to this podcast and you'd love to get in touch, drop me an email, Linda at Visit my website, connect with me on LinkedIn. I'm simply, I'm just Linda Bonner on LinkedIn as well. <laughs> yeah, you know, share, anything that resonated with you questions that you have what would you if you had questions about NLP or coaching or well-being what would they be
0: tell me this before we go is your hmm. dad happier now you're in New York than it was in then, terms of the Middle East
1: so funny do you know what there's oh my gosh there's so many stories about my dad my dad got me on Irish radio
0: <laughs> oh did he, he, did. he how did he do that on
1: oh he's he's amazing so my dad is like and he doesn't get paid for this at all so kevin maybe there's some sponsorship here for you Hi he kev. does great irish thing can i call great him irish
0: kev dad. is kev like a more uh, of a kind of a friendly kev oh,
1: kev, kev, kevin kev yeah hey kev yeah, hey kev. yeah. Hey kev. <laughs> so dad's at home in Ballinasloe and he is the proudest father in ireland all right That's yeah, he's, he loves it. I, I think he, he's always wanted me to be happy. So as soon as he knew that I was fine in the Middle East, then he was fine about it as well. I don't think it matters where I am. Gosh, I'm getting emotional. As, right. long as, I'm, <laughs> as long as as long as he knows that yes. I'm safe and I'm well.
0: But that's all you want as a, as a parent. It's, there you go. Yeah, it's very, very important. So Kev, Kevo, Kevin. So what channel, <laughs> I mean, who, who did he blackmail? On um, what Irish Irish broadcasting station?
1: It was it was so nice. He sent them an email and he said, This is my daughter. She's just written this book. She used to live in Dubai. She now lives in Brooklyn. Used to be a teacher. She's now a coach. She's pretty awesome. She's always trying to help people and and do, you know, just make a positive difference in the world. And here's a copy of her book. And they were like, This is amazing. Can we chat to her? And and that was it. And and it's I think it's that kind of thing then as well of you never know who. You never know how just creating or taking a small little action, how that's going to work out. You yes. could easily they could easily have come back and said, well, that's great, Kevin. Good luck to her. And that's equally as fine as well. Sometimes we, we don't we don't take those steps. And like I did not with Mary, I was like, gosh, what's she going to want? You know, like she's famous. Now. What can I do for her? Yeah. So we often take that way instead of thinking, do you know what, I'll put it out there. And I'll see how I can add value or support this person as well. And maybe there's a mutual like that kind of reciprocity that we can we can both get something from this relationship.
0: Well, obviously, Mary is a very kind woman to, you know, oh, to use, her, use her time. So, uh, yeah, uh, fair play to her. I mean, if if Turberty or Ryan, as we call him, Mr. Tuberty yeah. or Orty, if you're listening yeah. or if Mr. Joe Duffy and Orty or Claire Byrne. Talk, um, to talk, yes. to <laughs> talk to joe yes Joe. Imagine that. talk to joe or joe. <laughs> just hold on a second we're going to go to an advertisement hold on every two minutes it's an advertisement let's do it <laughs> i love it <laughs> i, I love
1: just, that. i love talk this conversation anyway, i
0: think i've offended enough people today I've, I've more of these podcasts to do next week and i offend more people then uh, but we love you joe and won't want and us joe on the show Claire.
1: joe won't want us now after that i he wants
0: you he won't want me he'll, he'll be getting people after but anyway we'll joe, i'm available
1: Available, <laughs> Linda, Linda's available,
0: she is a speech agent. Well, I'll just let me say thanks so much to uh, Linda Bonner uh, for chatting today. The Wellbeing and Career Work podcast. I will put all the links in the podcast uh, once it's been uh, released and published. And as Linda has said, if you need to get in touch with her, all the links will be there. So thanks so much, Linda, for chatting with me today.
1: Oh, thanks so much, Dave. What a great! This is just brilliant. It's the best.
0: No. <laughs> No worries. Don't say we'll pay you enough money for that. We did. No, it's all free. Thank you in very case much. Tax man me. <laughs> no, no, no. Don't find man. me. No. This no. is all free. Thanks so much, Linda, for chatting with me on the Wellbeing and Career World podcast. Thanks so much.